Just close your eyes for a minute. I want to read what Marcus was just praying into. It's, it's in Matthew 13. It says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And when a, when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and he sold all that he had. And he bought that field. I know many of us have heard this a number of times. But I would just encourage you just to kind of look at your, your life right now. Mm. And just, where are you when it comes to that? Mm. Have you gone to that point where you've said, Jesus, you are worthy of it all. I'll sell everything that I have. I'll give it all away just to have you. And it was, there was a joy. It wasn't like, I know sometimes we're, we have this sense of, well, we have to surrender our lives. We have to give it all up. It's like, oh. But when we know this Jesus and when we take hold of him, there's, there's nothing else. He's life. Then it's so easy to give everything else up because we never actually had it. It was never ours to keep. But what we have with Jesus, it's life. It's peace. It's joy. It's his love. It's his grace. It's empowering. Yes. It gives us everything we need. It's the divine power for life and godliness. He is our divine power. He's the only life. When we hold on to all the other things, I, as I was praying, I just felt like, I felt just a weight kind of in the room. And, and uh, I felt like the Lord wanted to just lift that weight. But the weight is, is, the, is the things and all the stuff that we're, we're concerned about. And he can give us wisdom and understanding, but, but there's a choice that we have to make as to whether we're going to let go of those things. Whether we're going we're gonna to sell those things in a sense and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of all those things so that I can have the, the one thing that's of value. Mm. And I think there's sometimes a mindset, well, I'll, I'll hold on to all my stuff and I'll get that as well. And, and in these scriptures, you see that it doesn't work like that. It's a hidden treasure in a field. Mm. But he sold everything he had 
so that he could buy the field with the treasure. And then there's a second quick parable that goes right with it. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found the one of great value, <laughs> looking for these pearls, and he's like, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one of great value. He went and he sold everything that he had, and he bought it. He gave up everything else for the one pearl. And Jesus says, that's the kingdom. So Lord, tonight, I just, before we even go anywhere else, this coming to you, this, this laying down our burdens and letting, letting Jesus give us life, it's that come to me all your worry and burden and, all, and I will give you rest. Sometimes we just think the coming is we just we just go up to him with all our stuff and, and he gives us rest, but we hold on to everything. But the second part of it is learn from me and yoke with me, which means you're coming under his yoke, which means you cannot carry the weights that you had before. You have to let him go. You gotta sell them off. And do what Elisha did. Burned them all. Burned everything that he had. He couldn't go back to it. That's good. It was a change in direction of his life. And there was no going back. So for those of us who are just burdened tonight, I'm not going to have anybody raise their hand because I feel like it would just be all of us. <laughs> I just want you to put your hands out, even if you're not burdened, because you're probably still somewhat burdened. Just put your hands out. Yeah. And I feel like it's just a sign of just surrender to him tonight. What, 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 do you, what happens, and then we'll pray in a second, I just feel... Uh, Often we're asking Jesus, we're asking the Holy Spirit to come and to, to fix our situations, to take care of things, to reset things, to whatever it is. It's a job situation and, oh, I got this going on and I need you, Lord, to come in and, and deal with this because it's stressing me out. And, and that's not actually how it works. Sometimes he'll come in and fix situations, but he's actually looking for those that just give it all to him. To the point where it actually cannot affect your relationship with the Lord. It doesn't take your joy. It doesn't take your peace. It's the rich young ruler going, okay, Jesus, I've done it all. Every command, I've done it. And he goes, okay. Amen. Well then, come on. Oh, just one thing. Just 
sell everything you have and then, and then come with me. That's that yoke with me. Get rid of all your stuff. Take hold of my stuff. Come with me. And the rich young ruler is like, ah, <laughs> that's the one thing I can't do. May we be those that give it all. Surrender it all. Yes, Lord. Let him have it all. Yes. When we let go of those things, all of a sudden the weights and the pressure begin to go. It's when we hold on to these things that it weights us down. If you've ever seen a monkey trap, they put a nut inside of a small hole and a monkey can get his hand into there, into the, through the hole. It's like a wooden hole, it's a box. And he can get his hand into it, but as soon as he grabs hold of the nut, he can't, he can't pull it out. And the only way he can get free, the only way he can get free from the trap is if he lets go of the nut and pulls his hand out but he won't let go of the nut. And this is how monkeys are captured. This isn't something you see in the United States, but in other countries, it's that simple that they can actually capture a monkey as it holds onto a nut or something, some kind of food inside the hole, and he will not let go of it to the point where he gets captured. And as I was just, I just felt, I just saw that image of I feel like some of us were going, Lord, help me. I'm, I'm stuck. I've got, I'm, I'm in this trap and I need your help. And he, all he's saying is, let go. Let go. And you're like, ah, help me, Lord. <laughs> you have to let go. And there's a freedom when we let go. And the very thing that we think we need, he has an unlimited supply. He gives us everything we need. He gives us more than we need. He's, he lavishes his love on us. That rich young ruler would have been so rich in the kingdom, so rich in the things that are of value, had he have just let go of that thing that was holding him back, that kept him from actually walking with Jesus. I don't want us to miss any opportunity to walk in the fullness of the life that Jesus has for us. But some of us tonight, I just feel like you need to let go. You need to let, you need to let go of the nut <laughs> inside the box around the small hole so that you can get your hand out, so that you can get freed from this trap and this mindset of something you feel like you have to hold on to, or you have to protect, or you're responsible for. Jesus didn't create us for those weights. He created us to be carriers of his love, carriers of his joy, carriers of his peace, carriers of his spirit. There's some things I feel like we're supposed to speak into, but I felt like the Lord's like, 
we have to do this. We have to let go. And then we can take hold of Jesus. And then we can begin to move in these things that I feel like the Lord desires us to move into. So now just hold your hand out. And as you hold your hands, as you hold them out, it's a sign of just that you are letting go of anything that you've been holding on to. If you're not sleeping well at night, it's because you're holding on to something. If there's anxiousness, or if it's just creating stress, and you're just, you're, you can't even like see straight, it's because you're not letting go. So Father, I pray right now, opportunity we have to come to you. We come to you tonight. We come to your feet. We come before you and we say, Jesus, we just want you. There's nothing else. There's nothing else of value. We let it all go. And Lord, I thank you that as we let go of these things, you begin to set our path straight. You begin to align us and lead us in your path, lead us in your ways. The problem is, is then we go back to our own mindset. We say, okay, Lord, I laid it down. I gave it to you. Now you have to fix it this way. <laughs> and you go, oh, you didn't fix it. So you go and you pick it up again. Once you set it down, once you lay it down, don't pick it up. It may not turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out. But you were never in control of the situation anyway. You thought you were. We think we can control situations. We can't. So Lord, I thank you that we turn to you. Just say this, just say, Jesus, I let go. Help me to let go. And help me to leave it there at your feet. To cast these cares upon you. And to never pick them up again. That we can walk in your freedom. That we can walk in your joy. We can walk in your peace. Jesus, we take hold of you. We take hold of your hand. We take hold of your yoke. Lead us. Guide us. Give us your wisdom. Help us to set our eyes upon you. In Jesus' name. for one of you or two of you or three or four <laughs> I don't know but there's a few people that I feel like needed that tonight um, thank you Lord
We've been, as a staff, the Lord's just had Isaiah 40 on our heart. Uh, talks about preparing the way. And this is where I felt like, like if we don't let go of these things and, and let go of these burdens, it's hard to really prepare the way of the Lord. <laughs> uh, but I feel like in this season, and we've been feeling this as a staff, that we're in a time right now where we need, where he's calling us yeah. to prepare the way. And uh, there's a greater glory that's, that's, that is coming yeah. and that is here. There's a greater glory already, but I feel like the, the glory is increasing as we prepare the way. Yes. As it talks about in, in, in 2 Corinthians 3, it's at the very end, it says uh, that as, as we behold him, there's a, there's a transformation that happens and, and we go from glory to glory. It's an ever-increasing glory. And so there is, we're in a season right now of his glory is increasing on the earth. But also there's a, there's a darkness it's also increasing on the earth. And uh, it's kind of like things are getting brighter and things are getting darker. And I definitely want to be on the brighter side. Uh, and I think it's easy to get caught up. Just talking to someone back here. It's, it's so easy to get caught up in the, in the craziness of the life around us. It's so easy to take our eyes off of the Lord and look at look at situations and look at things and all of a sudden fear comes in. It's where Peter's walking on water until he looks at the waves. And then all of a sudden he's no longer walking on water. <laughs> That's when he starts to sink. I feel like the Lord is increasing his glory Amen. in this time. Amen. We just have to keep our eyes on him. We have to stay so so focused on him this time and there, it's a it's a foundational thing uh, let me just speak into this I felt like the Lord was saying that he needs us to have a strong foundation in preparing the way of the Lord if we if our foundation is not firm in him uh, the preparing is, is only going to go so far we're kind of going to jump here a little bit and then hopefully jump back if I can. But on Tuesday, we were praying into casting mountains into the sea. You know, we have, it says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And, uh, and I, it's an amazing thing to cast a mountain into a sea. But what we are seeing on the back end is we still need that firm foundation. We need to be firm in him. And even after the mountain is cast into the sea, we're kind of half laughing about this and half serious because what happens when a mountain is cast into a sea? You get a tsunami. <laughs> so now you got a wave coming at you. And, uh, and I think sometimes... We were fighting the battles and we're like, ah, oh, we just threw that mountain right in the sea and we turn around and that wave comes in and, 
and hits you right off your feet. It's, it's, it's when you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. And I feel like the Lord is, is telling us at these times that we, we've got to have that firm foundation. Uh, we have to be so strong in Him. What does it mean to be strong in Him? It's this, it's putting things into practice. It's the, in, in Matthew 7, it talks about this. It talks about the, well, I'll just read it. Uh, don't have a table, so I'm just kind of kneeling down here. But in, uh, in Matthew 7, it says, everyone who hears these words, it's talking about the wise and the foolish builders. Everyone who hears these words of mine yeah. and puts them into practice Amen. is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Amen. This is a firm foundation. This is, this is, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> oh, I know my knee's too old to be doing that. Thank you. Ah, I love you. Uh, the, the firm foundation comes when we actually, it, it's the abiding in Him, but it comes through doing what He actually calls us to do. And, uh, and this ties into as we're, we're talking about preparing the way of the Lord, what we want to do is we need to get his thoughts. We need to get his ideas. We need yes. to get his ways. Yes. We, need to, we need to dive into this yes. word. We need to have a firm foundation in this season, more so than ever before. Because yeah. things are getting darker. Things are shaking more. Things are getting crazier. I, I mean, think about it. I'm looking out here at the age of everyone. Think about when you were in high school. Wow. Like, yeah, you needed, a, you needed somewhat of a foundation. Think about the high schoolers now. Wow. You need a much stronger foundation than you needed back when we were in high school. Especially some of, like my dad. <laughs> Watch it, he says. <laughs> But just think, I mean, in a practical sense, when you were in high school, how much different it is now from when, from when we were there, regardless of how old you are. Things have shifted. We were, I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who, were saying, just, oh, it was Olivia, who, yeah, like graduated just a couple years ago. And she goes, from just a couple years ago to where things are now, things are completely different. There's, there's just what's allowed, what's talked about in the schools, what's going on in the schools. It's shifted so much already, which that's in the schools, but guess what? It's happening in the world today. So what's happened in the schools is happening to us wherever we are in our business world, in the business world, whatever's going on in your life. There is a, there's just a greater darkness, there's a greater shaking going on, there's things that are going on all around us, we must have a firm foundation. So if we think that we can go through life without spending time in this word, without getting on our faces before the Lord, without seeking Him now, like daily, if I miss a day, 
with the Lord. If I miss a day of just a prayer and in the Word and on my face before Him, which sometimes I get so caught up in things. I mean, I'll be praying, but but that alone time even of just of just getting the time with the Lord. When I when I miss those times, it's amazing how quickly I can get out of alignment. My thoughts, my mind. And then when I'm out of alignment, now I'm making the wrong decisions. I'm not doing things like in alignment with the Lord's plan because I've just, I'm like thinking my own thoughts and working my own ways and thinking I'm doing the right thing. I have to get back into that place of listening to his voice, of hearing him, of guarding my heart, of having that peace come back that passes all understanding which guards my heart and mind in Christ so that I can actually know the will of God so that I can get back into that place of, of, of hearing him. And I don't hear him necessarily with my physical ears. I hear him with impressions in my heart. He presses things on my spirit right here. Yeah. Oh, that's what you want me to do. But when my mind's caught up in all the worldly things, when I'm stressed out, when I'm worried about things, it, it can begin to spiral you down. Yeah. So there is a firm foundation that he's calling us to have. I was, as we were talking about this on Tuesday, I was thinking of Elijah. And this is a great man of God. I mean, this is a guy who, who cries out to the Lord, prays, and for three and a half years, it doesn't rain. James talks about him. He's a righteous man. Prays again, and it rains for, after three and a half years, and it begins to rain. It begins to pour down rain. Same guy that goes up against the 400 Baal prophets and uh, calls down fire from heaven and burns up the altar, burns every, it burns, licks everything up. Has the 400 prophets killed, the Baal prophets? I mean, he talk about throwing the mountain into the sea. But there was a big tsunami that came right after that that hit him right in the butt. Because <laughs> right after that, and it wasn't, it wasn't even a big one. It was the, like the smallest thing. It was, you have, you have Jezebel who sends a, a little messenger and threatens his life. I'm like, he just got, he just went up against 400 Baal prophets and called the fire of God down from heaven. But right after that, that was the mountain thrown in and then I was just seeing his, but then the, the wave that hit after that, he wasn't expecting it. We have to remain in that firm foundation. It is not a one-time thing. It's not a, well, I, I got there, I'm there. No, we have, to, we have to remain there. This is the abiding. This is the dwelling. That We have to stay in that place. God's not, or Jesus isn't saying, hey, abide in me and I can abide in you. He's not saying that like, to be difficult or to be like, he's saying this because he loves us so much that he's like, if you can stay in this place, if you can remain in me and I remain in you, my love remains in you and you're listening to my words and you're abiding in my ways, like there's nothing that can harm you. You'll never, you're not gonna go off course. Your mind's not gonna get, go tilt. You're not gonna be spinning to the left or spinning to the right. You're gonna be right in alignment with my plan. And my plan doesn't always mean that things are good. But when you're abiding in Him, there's such a peace, there's such a strength that we have. 
And I mean, I'm going to be heading off to Pakistan in a couple days here. We're going to be doing a, I, I leave Sunday to go to Pakistan. We're going to be doing a, a healing gathering for thousands of Muslims at an open, an open gathering site of, I don't know, 50 plus thousand Muslims. And, uh, and I can tell you, in these moments where there's there, there could be radical Muslims there, there could, I mean, it can, it can get a little crazy. My dad's been there. He's done this. Um, there's no opportunity for fear to come in. You have to remain in a place of abiding in him. If you don't, it's, it is the difference between life. It can be the difference between life and death. So there's no opportunity to to come into fear, to allow the allow allow the enemy to to come in and take you off course. Or I'm not. I can tell you this: as we go out there and do this, I'm not going to be looking at Facebook or looking at the news or checking things out. My heart's going to be steadfast, trusting in the Lord. I have to remain in that place. But I think when it's like when we're when it's not those extreme cases, That's right. we kind of get out of that and we think, well, I'm okay now. No, you're not. <laughs> There's no point in time where you're okay to get your eyes off of Jesus. And that's where he's like, focus your eyes on me, set your eyes on me. It doesn't matter how difficult it gets. And when it gets difficult, don't think, oh no, I must have missed it. You didn't miss it. You likely didn't miss it when things get difficult. Life on this earth is not meant, we're not meant to be comfortable. And it's such a lie that the church will tell you, well, that when you're walking with Jesus, everything should be just going smooth as can be. And then when things get, when things get out of a lot, or things get difficult, we're like, ah, Jesus, help me. I need to get back to the smooth and comfortable. He's like, I didn't, I didn't create you to be comfortable. I didn't create you to be, to always just, to have like this comfortable just feeling of, of life being kind of rainbows and butterflies. Nope. He actually created us to go into the darkest places. He says, if you, if you follow me, you will suffer. <laughs> we usually don't read those verses kind of skip over those. But I think it's important that we understand that. But here's the thing. We're going to suffer. We're going to go through difficulties. But he's with us. And it's actually in the difficulties. It's in the, in the great adversities. In the most difficult times when we actually get to see the glory of the Lord in, in the most amazing ways. It's, it's Robbie Dawkins if you heard the story, when he's in Afghanistan and he's in there, uh, are they're in, were they in, Af was it Afghanistan? Yeah, Afghanistan. They're in there and the Taliban was there and they had just killed a group of people in that same area the week before that were believers. And they're in that same place and they're ministering and, and they're praying for people and a truck pulls up and Taliban leaders come out. They jump out with machine guns. And they point him right at him. And they said, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, do I tell the truth? <laughs> do I tell a white lie? 
<laughs> like, Lord, is this okay to kind of tell a lie at this point? Uh, they grabbed, they had the cameras, they had these cameras there and film on them. And they grabbed the film and they grabbed the cameras and they would start looking at what was going on. And they realized that these guys were, were preaching the gospel. They were, they were praying for people. And they, and they held guns right up to their head. They were about to kill them. And this is where, like, in the face of adversity, you go, well, Lord, how could, how could you do that? How could you allow this to happen when they're preaching the gospel? They're doing all these amazing things. And now the Taliban's about to kill them? Like, you, you, you failed them. But there's a place of, of remaining in faith in those moments. And, and what was amazing in this story, Robbie told this, um, I think he told it here. Yeah, he shared it here. And, uh, but this is that place where we have to remain in him at all times. And as they were pointing the guns at him, Robbie looks at it and he says, the guys, one of the guys who was there with him is like, at this point, just like crying, like, ah, we're going to die. And, you know, Robbie's like, shut up. And he, he, he looks at him and he just says, Lord, you've made the blind eyes see. Now make the seeing eyes blind. And I bless these men right now. And all of a sudden, the men just lowered their guns. <laughs> Crazy story. They had the camera stuff in their hand. They gave them the cameras back. They gave them the film back, just like that. And they're like, you can go. <laughs> and Robbie, like the other guys, were kind of sitting there stunned. And Robbie said, he looks at the guys and like, get in the car. Get in the car. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> they got in the car and they took off. And it's in, there's the cool part, though. It's in the face of adversities. The things, when we're, when we're in the fire, when Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego are in the fire, God allowed them to go into the fire. But he was there with them. And they never got burned. They didn't smell like smoke. But he put them in the fire. Daniel got thrown into a lion's den. We go, Lord, how could you let that happen? We were with, he was, he didn't do anything wrong. He was abiding in you. He was praying. He was a prayerful man. And you let him get thrown into the lion's den. We got to remember that his ways are not our ways. Look at Paul, Paul and Silas, like here they are, they're preaching the gospel. They were heading to the temple to go preach the gospel about Jesus. Like, this is what we do. And, and what happens is some lady, young lady is behind them, like just kind of giving them a hard time and saying, who are these guys? I, anyway, he, they, he turns around and he goes, in Jesus' name, come out of her. Cast the demon out of her. Well, that really made uh, basically his, her master upset. They end up getting thrown in prison. They get beaten. It says that they were, what was it? They, uh, I'm trying to think of the words it says in there. Yeah, they, well, they were put in stocks and they were put into the inner cell. But it was after they were, it says they were severely beaten. That's what it says. So here, like, I just, I want you to catch this because I feel like, like when difficulties come, all of a sudden we get, like, 
we shift out of that, oh God, you're so good, and, and I trust you to, what the heck, God? <laughs> ah, help! <laughs> no, no, no. It's how do we remain in that place of, okay, I don't understand. I don't know what's happening here, but we trust to the end. Even death cannot separate us from the love of God. There are some in Hebrews it talks about that are beheaded, they're sawed in two. Things happen and you go, well, that's not fair. How would that happen? I was abiding in the Lord. His ways are not our ways. But he asks us to, to remain faithful to him, to draw close to him, to stay close to him. And watch what he does. The, the, I mean, there's just such amazing stories. But all, I'll finish the story with, uh, with uh, Paul and Silas. The, they go in, they're in the inner, they're the inner cell. They have stocks on their feet. So imagine like you just got beaten to a pulp. You're on the inner cell. And now you have stocks over your feet so you can't move. You got to be in serious pain. And most of us, including me, would be like, oh man, I must have missed it. But what do they do? I know we've heard this story, but I'm like, but do we really understand? Like, go, to the, go in and like really put yourself in, in this place of you just beaten, you're in the inner cell, and they begin to worship the Lord at midnight, which means hours have gone by. They're worshiping the Lord for hours. It wasn't like 10 minutes and like, God, okay, you should show up by now. It's midnight. And then the ground begins to shake. And it's a beautiful story. I mean, it ends with all the prison doors open, the stocks come off of them, and they could have run away, but no. But then it's that staying in that mindset of, okay, Lord, now what? And they stayed there which means that they could have been put back in prison. But the jailer and his family, they give their lives to the Lord. Everything changes. I mean, just amazing stories that come out of great adversity. I, I kind of shifted gears here a little bit, but I, wanna, I want you to hear these, these words and acts. Uh, In Acts 21, Paul says this. I've read this before, but we'll hear it again. Paul says this, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. They didn't want him to go to Jerusalem, by the way. The, the, uh, uh, the Ephesus elders, they were, they were like, No, don't do it. You're going to die. <laughs> but he goes, No, no, no. Compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. This is verse 22 of, of Acts 20. He says this, I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only that I may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. We are in a time that the Lord is calling us to prepare the way. 
It has to go beyond our own mindset, our own abilities, and even to the point where we could suffer. It could be tough. But are we willing to sell it all for the treasure that's in the land and say, I want that. And I don't care what it costs me. That is more valuable than anything else. And when we get to that point, there is nothing that can shake us. And there is no point in time. I, 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 I know if, if Paul and Silas, if they would have gotten whipped, beaten, put in stocks, and then just started complaining, grumbling, what would have happened is, is the Lord would have just waited. And then probably when they finally settled down, said, hey, will you worship me now? And instead of it being midnight, it probably would have been the next day. And they would have had to sit there another day until they finally like, oh, sorry, Lord. Yeah, we'll worship you. We'll set our eyes back on you. Because when we do, that sets us in the firm foundation. That gives us the firm foundation that we need. And when we're established in that firm foundation, he moves. Second Chronicles 20, listen to this. It's kind of flowing with where he's taking me right now. Second Chronicles 20. He says this. This is Jehoshaphat. Again, you know the story. A lot of you know the story. If you don't, such an amazing story. Jehoshaphat, little army against a massive army. <laughs> but he says something in verse 17 of 2 Chronicles 20. He says, you don't have to fight the battle, but what you do have to do is you need to take up your position and stand firm. What he was saying is you need that firm foundation in me. Your strength needs to be in me not trusting in the outcome. Let the Lord fight the battle, but stand firm in the Lord. That's Old Testament. Same thing for the New Testament. It's just now that we have Christ, it's a lot easier because we have Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us who dwells in us, who shows us all things, reveals all things to us, gives us wisdom, gives us insight, leads us, directs us. We still have to listen. But I'm telling you, it, it was only, it was the kings and the, and the priests that, that had the Spirit on them. We actually have the Spirit on the inside of us. We have something that is far greater than the old glory. We have a new glory. We have a greater power and a greater strength that we get to walk in. In 2 Chronicles 20, they stood firm. They stayed strong in the Lord. They trusted in the Lord. And he was the one that actually, it says that he ambushed the armies. And as they, as they came, they walked up into the valley. It says this, so beautiful. It says, when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and they looked toward the vast army, it says they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. Not one escaped. They never fought the battle against a massive army. They never had to, to raise their swords, but they had to stand firm. They had to trust the Lord. And they could have been destroyed, but they went out 
And they actually, they sent the worshipers out ahead, which is what I would do as well. <laughs> Marcus, you go first. <laughs> I'm going to go behind you. <laughs> See how it works out. <laughs> That's why I'm glad I'm not the worshiper. You know? <laughs> I, would, I would need confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> he said I would need confirmation. <laughs> no, I heard from the Lord. Marcus, you go. <laughs> We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We don't lean on our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge Him. We align with Him. We get to know Him. We get to know this Word. We stand on this Word. And it says, and then He cuts our path, which means that there is work for us to do. The path means that you're actually in motion. You're moving. You're doing His will. At the end of the day, it's all about His will. Amen. 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 Good work. Wow. Well, that wasn't quite where we were going to go. That's good word, though. <laughs> but I feel like, I hope that this encourages you tonight. Uh, I feel like I need to stop here. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to spend just a couple minutes. I feel like we need to just pray together. Um, maybe I'll just pray corporately, but I feel like before you walk out of here, you come alongside just maybe someone next to you, a couple people next to you. And uh, I think we need to ask the Lord for strength in this yes, season. That's good. We need to ask him to help us to set our eyes on him. And, and for some of you, I think even to just to, to tell the person next to you just to kind of confirm, yeah, I'm letting go of that, that thing that I've been holding on to, whatever it is, uh, that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually take hold of, of the hand of Jesus and let him lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. <laughs> I always love that, that Psalm 23. It's like, it's like, oh, he leads me and guides me beside still waters. And then it's through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> like, oh, who wants to go through the valley of the shadow of death? <laughs> yeah, it's a fun place. But guess what he does is he leads us through it. He takes us through it. He doesn't always take us out of these things. He actually leads us through these things. Let me just tell one more quick story. I just, this, uh, a couple years ago, I, I took my, my kids skiing, and, uh, and they, this was like one of the first times they'd been on the mountain. We did the, the, the real easy, like super green run a few times, and then they're like, no, we want to go up the mountain. We know what we're doing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we, we hit the big lift, you know, and up, up, the, up the mountain, and, and we get up there, and they're looking down, and, and they start to go, and they make it 10 feet, and they're like, ah, and they're crying. They would be mad that I'm telling the story right now, but they're not in here. They're in youth. Uh, but they're like, Dad, we need help. We just, we just want to get down. We just want to get down. And, and I'm, in my mind, I'm like, you can't just get down. <laughs> like, there's no just getting down. You have to go down the mountain. But so what I just did is I began to like, hey, we're just going to take it one step at a time. We're going to we're going to go this way, and then we're going to go this way. 
And, and finally they're like, okay, okay, we can do this. And, and I just got to lead them down the mountain. And, and they, all, they got all the, it took them a while. <laughs> it was a long run. But, but they got down to the bottom of the mountain. And when they got down to the bottom of the mountain, there was such a joy. They're like, we did it. We got down, we did it. If, if I would have like called the, you know, the rescuers and they come up with the snowmobiles and like take them down the mountain, and they would have missed out. But they got down the mountain and they learned so much from it. They learned how to ski. They learned how to, how to go down a mountain. And I feel like oftentimes we're on this mountain and we're like, God, just get me off the mountain. He's like, no, no, no. I'll walk with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But I'm going to take you down the mountain. I'm going to take you through the valley of the shadow of death. But I'm going to walk with you. It might be painful at times when they, they fell probably 20, 30 times going down that thing. I know I would have been all bruised up. I'm sure they had some bruises, bumps and bruises. But you know what? When you get to the bottom, there's such a joy that you don't even feel the bumps and bruises anymore. You're like, that was awesome. Did you see what we did there? And that's, I feel like, what the Lord wants to do with us is that when he takes us down, we're like, wow, thank you, Lord. I got to see you take my hand and take me through something that I never could have done on my own. And it strengthens us for the next time, for the next things that are ahead of us. It gives us a strength. When they went back up the mountain, they had a greater understanding that, oh, this time I can do it. I've done it before. I've been down that mountain. I've got this thing. And for us, it's, Lord, we're with you in this. You're going to take us down that mountain. The second time through, oh, yeah, I've been here before. Lord, I know you're going to take me down the mountain. There's a greater strength and a resolve that we have. Amen. Would you guys let's stand up? And I know this was a little different service than some. We were, I was thinking that we'd get into some prayer and intercession, but uh, sometimes the Lord just wants to do different things. So, so Lord, right now, I just thank you for every person here. Thank you for everyone watching online. Lord, I thank you that we are in a time where you're teaching us to become so dependent upon you that there's nothing that will take us off track. There's a scripture in John 3.30, and it says, I must decrease so that he will increase. We're letting go of our own things, of our own ways, so that he, his glory, is revealed in and through our lives. Lord, I pray that we would be those that say yes to everything that you have for us. Lord, as we're, as we're stuck on a mountain, Lord, that all we do is we say, Jesus, would you lead me down this mountain? I could take hold of you. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us in this time. Lord, help us to have a firm foundation. That our foundation is so strong, so firm, that nothing will take us off. Nothing will take us off the mark. That we will have our eyes so set on you that we will run this race with perseverance. The race that is marked out for us. Just as just as, as Paul was saying, that he doesn't it wasn't about his own life, but that he could run the race and complete the very things that the Lord had for him to do. Our desire on this earth is to do your will. And for each, there is there's an overall yes, 
that we preach the gospel, we do these things, but there are things that he has specifically for you. It's different for you than it is for me. It's Jesus with Peter. He's telling Peter, man, Peter, you're going to live. It's going to be tough. You're going to go through some difficulties. He's like, well, what about John? And Jesus says, John's going to do what John's going to do. I've got a plan for you. You just walk out the very things that you're called to do. So, Lord, I pray that we would never compare our lives to others. We wouldn't walk like, well, I want, I want to do that or I want to do this. No, we're just going to do the very will of God. Strengthen us in this time. Give us everything we need by your spirit for life, for godliness. Lord, I thank you that we are in a time where we are to prepare the way of the Lord. We're to raise up the valleys and we're to remove the mountains by the power of the Holy Spirit and with the strength of Jesus, with him moving in and through us, not by our own abilities, not by our own strength, but by the spirit. So I pray your blessing, your strength, your wisdom, your mercy, your grace, that grace, grace to remove mountains. May you fill us to overflowing. May we walk so closely with you in Jesus' name. Amen. One more thing. Lift, just extend your hands to Mike. This is our last chance to pray for him. He won't be here on Sunday because he'll be going into the, to the airport. I've been to Pakistan several times. The most dangerous part of it is they're doing this crusade. They, you don't call it a crusade when you're ministering to Muslims, but it's a crusade, but it's a healing conference. And it's, it's very dangerous. So extend your hands to Mike right now. We're going to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. As Mike goes, we thank you for his courage, but we also thank you for your protection that goes with him. Lord, I ask that you'll literally encompass him with angels around he and Leif, and their team and Paul Liddell. And Lord, that they'll be able to walk in the fullness of everything you have. Thank you they have ears to hear. They'll be led, led by your spirit. But most of all, Lord, thank you for the many Muslims that will come into the kingdom because of the courage that they've shown. Lord, I thank you and praise you. I know this is on your heart. And uh, I just thank you you're going to be with them. Make this a powerful, powerful time. And we thank you in Jesus' name. We look forward to hearing the incredible stories when when Mike comes back in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Give Jesus a hand. Hallelujah. So before you leave, just take a minute or two and just or a couple minutes, four or five minutes, and just pray. Just pray with someone next to you and, uh, and then give them a hug. Tell them that they're loved. Amen? God bless you. Love you guys.